I'm here with Melanie Eagle, the CEO of Hepatitis Victoria. Melanie, you've just returned from the World Hepatitis Summit in Brazil. Can you talk about what was achieved there? Thank you, Mark. I think perhaps the main outcome was greater kind of consolidation of energy and focus on the important goal of eliminating viral hepatitis. So it was hosted by a country being Brazil that's made a big commitment and has a large population so you know put the spotlight on them and they had five other countries that also agreed to be country champions of their cause of elimination it was also co-hosted by the World Health Organization and the World Hepatitis Alliance so a lot of senior buy-in and really galvanizing I guess that energy and there were over 900 people attending from across the globe. Did you learn anything there that you hadn't known about before? Or? What it did perhaps emphasise was how different were the challenges that we were all facing. So if you're in a country that doesn't have an, really a functioning health system or the money to invest in drugs, uh, obviously they're facing different challenges, but then they're also responding sometimes in very creative and inspiring ways, but they're not things that we've had to take on as challenges. And some countries... Egypt, um, some of the countries in Asia, for example, have some a terrible problem, don't they? Egypt's a good case in point where the government itself has worked with pharmaceutical companies to arrange to produce there and to distribute access you know, to the new curative treatments for hepatitis C at a phenomenally cheap rate. And talk about developments in Asia, you know, China has done incredible things in terms of uh, rolling out hepatitis B vaccination for young children. That doesn't mean that treatment for older people with hepatitis B has progressed, but you know, they've done really amazing things. So there were inspiring things to learn about. Even the World Health Organization's goal of, of eliminating hepatitis as a, as a public health concern worldwide by 2030, do you really think that's realistic as a target? Well, actually, no, I don't think, unfortunately, that we could say that we concluded that we were on track. We were inspired by the energy and the developments that we could you know, learn about and perhaps apply in different ways. But there was also concern that the champion countries and the areas that were progressing things are a minority and there are still massive challenges often reflected really by just health system dysfunction and lack of resources. So the, the whole resourcing side hasn't followed up on the aspiration, I guess. So, I mean, if, if you look across all of Africa, for example, particularly sub-Saharan Africa, you know, they're just nowhere near what needs to be done. Most of Asia, the same. And while I perhaps pointed out Brazil in South America, there's plenty of other surrounding countries that aren't anywhere near on track. I mean, even in Australia, where we have been in a great position to have access to curative treatments for hepatitis C, we've already had the slowing down of people commencing treatment, and we've got to do more to make people aware, let alone get, getting people diagnosed and into care for hepatitis B. So there's much more to be done. And not all the advanced countries are doing so well. I mean, the United States, for instance, what did you learn about their approach? I think it's just in pockets that they are 
doing well, such as the New York State and the city, have got both strong commitment in hepatitis B and C and strong advocacy. And there were some advocacy organisations speaking, but you're correct that system-wide in, in the United States, it's not progressing well. Talking about the conference, so there, there was an announcement that last year 1.4 million people approximately died of hepatitis-related disease. Uh, which is more than HIV, it's more than tuberculosis. I think it is about the spotlight and ensuring the opportunity to kind of, I guess, clarify some of those things, reflect on them and relay them back out to hopefully decision makers. So by having, you know, senior uh, people attend from a range of organisations and governments, that does help kind of spread the word about, as you say, the increasing death rate actually so while we might be doing things to reduce prevalence delayed impact and we are still having increased death from hepatitis but without increased resourcing it's just going to continue up for actually a long period of time we do invest with more improvements in health systems perhaps roll them out in the less developed you know the middle to lower income countries if we roll them out perhaps with programs that are around HIV and perhaps malaria and things combine them in an integrated way with health system improvement at a period of time and it depends how quickly that's done we could start seeing a reduction. And what about Australia and Victoria how on track are we? We can't be authoritative about that because this is there's a lot of kind of projection in all of this. Most players would be concerned about the drop-off Uh, in hepatitis C treatment uptake and that is a clear marker because of course you can't achieve elimination without continuing uh, to have an increase of people getting cured for hepatitis C and also engagement in care for those who have hepatitis B is still quite low. Some people might get diagnosed, it's often late and they don't continue to monitor themselves and take up the possibility of treatment so yeah there's much more to be done and I don't think anyone's feeling there's a reason to be confident and we have to keep thinking of new ways to uh, progress the agenda of elimination. So after the conference you spent some time um, in Brazil doing some work with volunteer groups can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I had arranged before I went to go up north, they call it the north of Brazil. Uh, Generally, we might refer to it as the Amazon area. And I uh, worked with an organisation in the state of Amazonia, currently focused on sustainability with the riverine communities. They do a range of different projects already, but this was to foster a discussion around how they could progress the hepatitis agenda using their connections and their infrastructure and their good reputation. And we were able to get some pretty senior stakeholders together to discuss potential collaborative efforts, partly because of the fortuitous timing. It is at a time when the Brazilian government has committed to the elimination of hepatitis, but has also itself identified that up north, where they have particular problems with hepatitis B and hepatitis D, they need to do more and they need to pilot some new initiatives. So this was really trying to assist that organisation that I was volunteering with to be part of that discussion. It's a bit like our 
challenges in remote areas in Australia. It's just that theirs are in the jungle and ours might be in the desert. But it's very similar stuff around access. So it's, you know, a week's journey by boat a day or two by a vehicle to get to some communities. Might have to fly one day and then take uh, a bus trip. I mean, there were plenty of examples that were being quoted. I didn't visit those ones so remotely. I would have run out of time. But it's really the logistical access issues that are the problems. They do have a system of community health agents, so-called, going out and doing health promotion. But if they can't visit communities... Even then, how do they diagnose them? They're not qualified to diagnose them, so it's even less frequently that you might get clinicians out to these communities. And if they diagnose them, how do these communities get a person back down into, I guess, larger urban centres to receive treatment or to give birth to a child in a way that's going to you know, prevent the transmission of hepatitis B? So it's the practical logistical issues that uh, really pose a big problem. It was also pleasing to find some of the initiatives that were being taken. So, you know, literally boat trips out, hours away, visiting small communities, but some of them did have infrastructure and even, you know, pamphlets on the wall or posters on the wall about hepatitis. So there were some health promotion in in some of them, quite different, you know, at different levels. A knowledge of hepatitis by the health agents and a and concern about it which was terrific and even in some of them a program of rapid testing well underway when uh, clinicians could come out bring portable rapid testing uh, equipment for both hepatitis b and c and do diagnosis on the spot which is something that we haven't got approval for by the therapeutic goods administration in australia it's all possible and they're actually doing it in some very isolated circumstances. So yes, they are innovative to try to deal with their circumstances. You signed the No Hep Pledge. It was agreed at two-day pre-summit prior to the World Hepatitis Summit. This was the, the two-day pre-summit of members of the World Hepatitis Alliance that it was very important for us to do the awareness raising across the globe and encourage people to participate in this campaign, kind of mobilise people from the community perspective. And an aspect of this has been the No Hep campaign that's actually been around for over a year but is growing. One aspect of that, for example, was, you know, taking photos of everybody uh, pledging and then sharing them digitally. And another one was the signing of, of a a declaration calling on governments to do more and to support action across the globe to eliminate viral hepatitis. So, yes, as community members in this two-day pre-summit conference, there were a range of different strategies to mobilise the community.